it was brought to my attention that last week I said that it was Tuesday twice in a row. I was not being funny on the second time. I legitimately screwed up the day twice back to back. Kim, what day is it? It's Wednesday, Zach. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> it is Wednesday, which means one thing. It is time for Money Hungry on the Rideshare Guy. We have a killer show. We've got an extremely special guest, and I'm stoked to have him with us. We are going to be having a discussion about taking every order versus cherry picking. So I uh, brought my boxing gloves with me for that. Uh, we are going to talk about drivers stooping to a new low and begging begging for additional tips. We're going to talk about safety when delivering to hotel rooms. An interesting story came our way. We wanted to talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about how a server managed to steal $7,000 in fake tips from a restaurant. And we're also going to discuss if some drivers are being too anal retentive. So we've got quite a show for you today. I'd like to thank you all for joining us. Kim, how are you? I am good. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm excited to get started. I am excited for a very first guest. So I'm going to do the introduction if you're good with me doing the introduction. Please so do. I like to call this next guest my brother um, on the YouTube space. Um, he's another partner of mine, a really good friend. And I um, God, he's, I feel like we always call him the goat of the food delivery space. And he's he been really around kind of many, he really is. Um, and he's so knowledgeable and I can't wait to bring him on and see what he's been up to. So without further ado, Mr. UDM, how are you, my friend? Hey, Zach and Kim, what's up? Money hungry. <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How you doing? Good man, glad to, uh, glad to have you. Thank you for taking the time to join us. So, likewise, likewise. What, what have you been up to, man? You haven't been posting much. Well, um, well, first I had to take some time away for me to um, dedicate that time to my daughter. She just recently graduated last Friday, and um, there was prom. There was not just her prom; she had a prom for her boyfriend as well. There was like graduation. Oh. There was graduation uh gatherings all kind of stuff going on the last couple of months so and on top of that we had to um get situated for like you know college and all of that you know so it was a lot going on in the last couple of months so i decided to just take time away um and kind of like prepare to rebrand the channel or refocus what type of content i'll be putting out there um, it's still going to be driver or gig economy related, but it's not going to be the typical content I was putting out before. Okay. Ooh, I'm, I'm intrigued now. Yeah. Any, any yeah. sneak peeks? Well, um, the, I put out a video. I put out a video before I took that three month break saying that I would like as many drivers to be a part of this thing that I'm putting together as much as possible. It's basically a docu-series of, you know, the life of a gig worker. You know, um, I know this is a rideshare channel, but I'm a delivery guy and I come from the delivery space. So I was just um, trying to, and I, I, I have a couple of things lined up already where I'm booked to fly out to Philly in July to sit with uh, an app, the, the company, 
to see what life is like from their perspective, dealing with independent contractors. And that's going to be part of the docuseries. I already have a, uh, a ride along scheduled with uh, another driver in that area as well. And the point of it is to show what life is really like for hmm. someone that's working in the area. We've always said every market is different. Every market is different, but not every content creator is showing what the market is really like. So um, I really wanted to show that aspect of things. That, that's, so how that's many... a valid synopsis. Uh, I, I think that transparency should go both ways. Yeah. So how many cities during this DocuCenter series? I know we talked a little bit about it um, off camera. So how many cities are you going to actually go visit? Um, the plan right now is to hit every city that DoorDash exists, Uber Eats, um, even like I want to stay local or domestic, I should say, um, where it's more of the United States I'm focused on. Um, but there are talks about possibly going to Australia with DoorDash is as well. So um, wow. there, um, I right now is just focused on the United States, but I could see the possibility of fl flying across the country, not just across the country, but across the water to, to different markets that Uber Eats might exist in, or even doing or expanding outside of Uber Eats and DoorDash and looking at Deliveroo and, and all these other oh, yeah. like European companies as well. Dang man, so so you've been busy. I've All these been busy. Dad moments working on a documentary, <laughs> man. That yeah. that is dedication right there. So yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So we want you to stick around as long as you want. We've got some interesting discussions. Um, we want to talk about. Oh, can we put up UDM slide real quick? Just we the can. the welcome UDM slide. Mm. I got a welcome spent, UDM slide. I spent, what I spent days working on this no not really so uh <laughs> we'd like to welcome our special guest udm uh so yeah. let's have a discussion about cherry picking versus accepting everything mm. Mm. so all right <laughs> I, I i think i think uh -oh. this could be an interesting subject with yeah so i am a usda certified cherry picker always have been from from the moment I signed up I was you know this is back in the day when you were you were given top dasher when you signed up and my AR dropped like a brick man it was you know it, it started in like you know the well I guess 100 percent right when you first yeah. sign up it starts at 100 <laughs> percent so yeah so uh, my AR went from 100 percent down to like 50 in the first few weeks that I was uh, a driver brand new driver you know, right at the beginning of the lockdowns. So my synopsis is if during the most profitable time to be a driver, the orders weren't good enough as a top dasher to maintain it, then they damn sure aren't worth it now. Mm. So I kind of go on both sides. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It depends on the platform that I work and I used to be a cherry picker everywhere except for now DoorDash and just because of the diamond program and the large order programs that I, I did 
what kind of sparked, I'm going to give a backstory. What sparked this whole conversation is there was a post on Reddit and there was a lady who spoke to another driver next to her. And the other driver was taking order after order after order. And the one lady in the car couldn't understand why this other lady was taking all these low offers when she was sitting in the car waiting for mm-hmm. like the perfect order to come in. And it's like it was like a huge debate on Reddit for like it was like pages of comments of drivers who take every order versus drivers who don't i feel like i i personally fall on the fence because uber eats right now do you know what my acceptance rate on uber eats is one percent i don't even know what i know i don't even know what grubhub is because grubhub you really don't know know unless you're on block and i haven't done on block since january but doordash as of right now and i just ended well the last day of the month i'm ending at 90 percent so I on really purpose? vary. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I really Why vary. Why do you do that to yourself? It's not that I do it but to myself. It's I. So okay, nine so out first of ten of all, offers in your market are worth taking. Yeah, they really are. I, I, so, I have a really good DoorDash uh, order. I mean, really market? good DoorDash market. Sorry. Okay. And um, I literally, I can probably go down to 70%. I just knew it was towards the end of the month at Top Dasher. And, you know, I did decline maybe here or there. In my market, I am lucky if I see like one $2.75 order a week. That's how good of a market I have for DoorDash. And I've always been this way, not just because of DoorDash, but I believe in keeping the wheels rolling. I really believe, like, I feel like a lot of times people think low offers like a small amount offers are the same thing as a no tip offer and that's not really the same thing i have no problem doing a five dollar order going one mile because it's a quick turnaround i can get it done opposed to sitting in a parking spot doing nothing go ahead can we can we put up skillionaire's uh comment here uh define worth taking because i think that that's a valid question so i'm curious to know both of your guys's perspectives what in what makes an order worth taking first of all i think that that's a good baseline to to kind of continue this conversation i think it's in the eyes of the holder to be honest with you so i feel like as drivers we make the best decisions for ourselves to make the most amount of money when we're there for me i don't like to sit in a parking spot and twiddle my thumbs and do nothing i would rather take an order than not take an order at all and still make money so go ahead well, I'm, I'm curious to get UDM's perspective on this. He's been around a long time. Uh, he, he's done this longer than both of us have. So let's let's get your perspective on this, man. Well, okay. Well, um, like we've always said, every market is different. Mm-hmm. And um, when it comes down to it, my thing is the time wasted, right? I don't want mm-hmm. to waste time sitting around i don't want to waste time just sitting around just in a parking lot or in a restaurant i don't want to waste time um trying to find a a, a difficult customer i don't want to waste time because every minute that is wasted then you know my time is my most precious thing when i'm on the road i need i need to make sure that i get back home as quickly as possible to either get my kids in bed, you know, they're young. I still need to be around, obviously, right? Um, So um, my time is everything. So 
I look at a $2 that is going to take me 30 minutes, the same as I look at a $10 that's going to take me 30 minutes. I don't want to waste my time, 30 minutes of my time anywhere because my time is mm. very valuable. So, so um, worth taking to me is something that could get me in and out. Um, not too far. If I have to drive, let's say if it's $7, it's not just about $2 a mile for me. It's mm -hmm. about how quickly can I knock this order out based on the traffic, based on the restaurant, how busy it is, the time of the year, the holiday, all of that stuff. So you're I would talking take about a quick knowledge as a whole. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, so market knowledge is definitely the first step, right? If I'm going to take an order that's $7, I'm not going to take an order for $7 that's at a restaurant that I know that has a reputation of making drivers wait for 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, but I would take a $7 McDonald's that might be taking me another five minutes to get to the customer. Okay. So I see this a little different. I would rather wait around in a parking lot than kind of compromise on the orders because my car is old and dilapidated as shit. And mm. I'm not trying to like ruin the lifespan of my car. So I do not want to put any excess miles on there for, I, I, I never want to compromise on an order is essentially what I'm trying to get at. If I don't look at that order and go, that is 100% worth my time, then I'm probably not doing it unless that's like the second order in, in a multi-app. So, uh, so can I ask you a question? I don't, yeah. Just, just, all right. So, um, what is worth starting your car up and driving the same vehicle to an order to a pickup mm -hmm. that you already feel like your car, you don't want to put any excessive miles on it when it's going to mm -hmm. have to put those excessive miles? What would that number need to be for you? Yeah. So I base that on, kind of like what you were talking about. I have a $6 minimum. Like the car won't mm -hmm. start, period. I don't care if it's only going half a mile. If it's below six bucks, it ain't happening. But if, you know, there, there's factors like wait times, traffic, like you were just talking about. So if I know that that's going to take me, you know, 20 minutes to do a $6 order and it's picking up at a slow restaurant, that's that's not worth it. But if I know that that, $6 order is going to take five minutes and there's going to be no traffic and the order is going to be ready then, you know, yeah, of course. But it's also more than just that. It's, it's knowing the apps on top of the market. When do you start seeing higher paying orders coming in? When, when do customers start getting a little looser with their wallets? So in my market, right? Like you can, like you can do DoorDash in the morning, but you're not going to have very good luck. Right. I would rather, instead of, turning on DoorDash and seeing a bunch of four and $5 offers, I would rather turn on Uber Eats and I would rather do a bunch of like $8 Starbucks runs that are only going a mile. Uh, so I, I think that it goes beyond just like the market knowledge. You got to know the apps and what to, you know, loosely expect, right? Because, you know, with gig work, you never know what to expect. You know, like you might have one week that Tuesday is fantastic. And then the next week, Friday might suck. You just never know. So knowing loosely what to expect from the apps also plays a huge role in my opinion. I agree. How I'm going to say, however, and 
if you say you're getting, you're waiting for that $10 order to come in and it comes in $10 for making this up four miles, but at mm. the same time, you just passed up two $5 orders going one mile each, you would have honestly been better doing two of those orders, lower miles, less wear and tear on your car. And then you, it might even been turned around quicker and you could even get more done than the one that you were waiting for and waiting in your car and spending your time waiting on those orders. I guess that's where that's, I'm coming from. That's great, but hindsight's twenty twenty. We We never know, right? We can, we can only anticipate, right? And if I'm, if I'm sitting in a parking lot at three o'clock on a Wednesday and I see a $6 order coming up that's going three miles, I'm not going to wait for an $8 order that's going two miles like that. That's just not going to happen. It's improbable. So, you know, but meanwhile, I'm also not spending my gas, right? Like that's not cheap. So I'm not spending my gas. I, I'm not having to take my car into the shop as much because like on my mileage trackers, you know, of course this, this doesn't factor in all my expenses. Right. But I am getting usually between three and $4 a mile. You were, you were going to say something. No, I, you know, I understand, but you're still wasting gas by sitting in a parking lot doing nothing. <laughs> I turn my car off. I'm not oh, okay. wasting anything. Yeah, I'm just, you're not I'm just wasting that air conditioner. <laughs> no, man, my air con. Are you kidding? That's that's like a luxury that I don't have. My air conditioner has been broke like since I bought the thing. Mm. It got up got up to a hundred last summer, bro. Or no, two summers ago. No, last summer. Doesn't matter. It got real hot one year, and I was like sitting there like a like a Maltese that just got a bath. It was bad. Oh wow. So. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just. I can say, I guess for me, it's the hustler mentality in me. And I've always had it. Like I'm the type of person, even at home, like I can't sit still and watch a movie. Like I have to be Mm. doing something or I have to be going. Like I always have to do something. I feel like if I'm in a car sitting around, I'm not making money, which my main objective is. And I'm sure you guys all can both agree that when we're out there, we're out there for a window of time and I need to make the most amount of money in the time that I have. And even now Mm -hmm. that my daughter is in school, it's even more limited. So would I rather be making $5 in like that five minutes that I'm sitting around or would I and keep the wheels moving or would I be like waiting there? Oh, when's the next order kind of come in? Mm, you know, like mm. that's just not me. That's not my personality. Like I always have to be doing something. I think that well, this can is I, one of those things. I, oh, well, can I interject real quick? Um, just just to look at every order that I've seen from different markets over the years, a lot of markets are so different, not mm-hmm. just because of the traffic and different things like that. No, there are some markets that people are more prone to tipping very well. And there are other markets that people aren't as prone to like tipping very well. Right. So what I'm Mm -hmm. getting at is my market. I remember there was a point in time during DoorDash, people used to tell me, Oh, you know, just sit around and wait, sit around and wait, sit around and wait. Right. Okay, cool. All right. I I got you. I'm cherry picking. Mm -hmm. I got you. But the orders they expected me to get, they were only basing that information based on what they receive in their market, 
And in mm. their market, they're getting 20 plus dollar orders. And at the time, I'm getting six, maybe ten dollars. I'm mm. not seeing any 20s. I'm not seeing $30 orders. I'm not seeing a hundred and something dollar orders. No. I'm not seeing any of that stuff. So I had to make decisions based on the types of offers that I received in my market. I know that Kim, she's in a really mm -hmm. great market. She's been saying this for years, right? That she gets really good offers. But yeah. let's just say if I had Kim's account in my area, there's so many drivers here and it's so competitive that it's, I don't, I don't believe that, Kim would have the same experience here in my market. hundred percent. And I believe that to be true about mine as well. So. And it's I, funny because yeah. when I talk to both of you guys, like Zach and UDM, you are Uber Eats markets and not DoorDash mm -hmm. markets. Mine, Uber Eats is horrible, like horrible. Hence the yeah. 1% acceptance rate I'm at right now. So it goes to show you that really every market is different, but what I've also learned, even with Uber Eats and, you know, experimenting in different areas, not just like your one area, is you really get to learn. Like I can go maybe a mile, two miles down the road and it's a different experience. Like Uber Eats and Grubhub are phenomenal, but DoorDash isn't. Where I'm at, DoorDash is like king and the other ones fall behind. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the day what mood I'm in, what I feel like doing is kind of where I position myself. And I think that has a lot to do with it. And also the days of the week, if I am out hustling on a Monday, yeah, I'm going to be taking almost every order because that's Monday and you don't know when your next order is going to come in. But if it's a Friday or a Saturday, like that's where that's, my cherry picking comes in. So that's too funny to me because Mondays are fantastic in my market. Oh, Thank oh you, no. Steve. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Appreciate Thanks, you. Steve. So, can I just answer a question of app rides? Um, are you working in the ghetto? Um, I don't know if that question was uh, towards me, but no, my market is extremely saturated with drivers. Like, it is almost everybody and their mom and dad and uncle and sister and auntie does Uber. They do. Uh, they do some kind of food delivery. It it it's really congested here, um, um, which is like. And the thing about it is, a lot of drivers have been doing this long enough to know where the better areas are. So that's where a lot of drivers go. So it's not even about working in the ghetto or not. The ghetto might be the part where you make some money because everybody else is flowing to the suburbs and trying to get money elsewhere. Yeah. Right. So in my it's, experience, that, it's that's crazy. Where, that's where better money comes from, man. I don't I don't make my big tips in the million dollar neighborhoods. I make them in oh, the you know, the lower, you know, the the lower middle class areas. Like that's that's where my money comes from. The trailer parks, right? Like the lower end apartment complexes. But that, you know, that's just my market, right? That's not to say that I haven't gotten good tips out of, you know, fancy mansions and stuff like that, but it, it, it's few and far between. But that's where I, all you know, the money comes like there's, from. It sounds like there's a lot of things that we disagree on or we're going to have to agree to disagree on as far as this goes. But something that I know that we will all agree on is to multi-app. I think that that is the true answer to 
the problem here, right? It doesn't matter, shouldn't matter what your acceptance rate is. How, how many apps do you have, UDM? <laughs> <laughs> Loaded question. Yeah, man. I got, I got apps. I got apps for apps. I got apps that I ain't even app yet. <laughs> um, so the thing is, um, there's a lot of apps that I signed up for and I haven't used. Mm-hmm. There's apps that I use on a daily. So it all depends on what type of answer you're looking for. What? The, so how many apps do I use how or how many apps? How many options do I have? But so it is guessing 20, by the way. I have options about 20 (laughs) options. But on a daily basis, my go-to is maybe about five. All right. So what are your top five? Well, two of them are catering apps. That's fine. And the big three. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you All want right. me to list them, the names? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, okay. Not all of them, the top five. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Sorry, I missed that. No, I'm like, not all of them. <laughs> you guys were pulling me tug of war. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> okay. But um um okay, so my catering apps are delivered and deliver that. My and the, the big three are Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub. And I only do Grubhub on Sundays. I was going to say, is Grubhub still, like, I cannot get an order on Grubhub, like, literally to save my life for me. Like, unless it's, like, maybe a Saturday or a Sunday. Other than that, like, almost Grubhub is non-existent in my market anymore. Well, Grubhub for me on a Sunday, the times that other drivers, like Premier drivers or whoever has a schedule, I'm off block. So... Um, I work in between the times that those drivers don't want to be on the road and I get really good orders <laughs> on Grubhub. Man, the, way, the way he said that really good. Yeah, because <laughs> you got, you got to understand, like, I'm not talking about like, you know, $6, $7 orders. I'm talking about like, maybe like 15, 20, 25, yeah. $30 orders on Grubhub in between the times, but it got to be on a Sunday in a specific area. You know, yeah. so, so, um, so if it, I don't, and I don't get a whole load of Grubhub, but my go-tos are the catering apps. Those are pre-scheduled. I already have a whole set for tomorrow. Um, and, um, then in between catering orders, I turn on the big three, Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub. Okay. Okay. So, and Kim, how many apps do you have? 14 oh man i got i got like eight and uh that, that keeps me more than busy so i think uh we can probably ignore the acceptance rate a little bit more if we just have a couple more apps so i got a question for both of you have either one of you ever approached the customer asking for an additional tip never Kim? never well no i take that back i take that back i did but it was a situation. I think anyone would agree with me on this. Let's hear the recently, story. recently, Florida got flooded out. All kind of nice vehicles underwater. We got like how many inches of rain? And 
I was out there working, not knowing any better. Right? I'm thinking it's like, oh, it's raining, it's money, right? I'm going to get this money, it's raining. But this apartment complex, and this was a Grubhub order, by the way, right? This apartment complex, the street or the parking lot was shaped like this, and the sewer or the, the storm drains were terrible. So, hmm. in other words, my vehicle was underwater, Okay. Now right. I got my Honda CRV, and no matter what they what bad things people might say about Honda CRV, my Honda made it back out of that water. It was under the water. Okay. Now right. when I was getting when I was in the parking lot, I saw how my car was under my vehicle was under the water. I was like, oh no. So I called the customer. I said, listen, man, you got me out here flooded. <laughs> you 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 gonna have to give me something extra. <laughs> <laughs> that's that was my that's the first time I ever did it, but I'm like, man, listen, my if my car gets stalled out in your parking lot and your order was only seven dollars, you owe me you owe me something extra, <laughs> and he gave me an extra ten dollars in cash and an extra ten, even if it was just a total of twenty seven dollars. But I'm like, dude, you gonna have to give me something. You got me driving through this water. What the hell wrong with you? <laughs> so, so that was my approach. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Tom. Thank you so much, much man. You were awesome. So let's put up the poll. Uh, for those of you in the chat, if you would oblige us, please kindly respond to the following question. Uh, have you ever asked a customer for additional tip money? A, yes. B, no. And if you're watching us on the replay, make sure to leave that in the comment section as well. So I have never personally approached a customer about a tip, although I did actually lip off to a customer once uh, during a snowstorm, but it was like after, like the snow was kind of starting to melt and uh, the the road that I had to get to, uh, to get to this restaurant was flooded because the drain was clogged. So like you, I was like driving my car through a flood and uh, this lady called all, you know, like attitude -y and stuff. And she's like, that's 30 minutes late. I'm like, yeah, there's a foot and a half of snow on the ground. So uh, I told her, I'm currently driving through a lake. I will be with you when it is safe to do so. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so actually, I guess uh, last week I said I've mouthed off to one customer. No, I've technically two, but for good reasons. I digress. So uh, I have never actually asked a customer for an extra tip. But, I mean, I got to be honest, man. If it's something like like I was doing that for seven bucks and I got completely stuck or something at the very least they're getting a winch and they're hauling my ass out like they're doing something extra maybe, maybe not necessarily financial but they are going to do something to help me get out of the situation that they got me into they ordered because they didn't want to deal with it i so. get that logic but mm -mm. down I here i probably would have got locked up <laughs> <I probably would've, laughs> i'm telling you because these uh, you know Florida F not friendly, man. <laughs> They're not friendly here. And so, you got yourself in. Nobody told you drive in the water or nobody told you drive in the snow. Like, okay, well, you're going to have to do something. <laughs> My vehicle is under the water. But yeah, so that's just me, though. There is an alarming new trend seeming to be floating around where drivers are asking customers for additional tips. And we have uh, that many examples uh, because that's all that would fit onto the slide. You can go oh, and take wow. a look at Reddit and find dozens Tons. of these. 
dozens and dozens of examples. Kim, do you want to just read off a couple of those examples? Um, yeah. So the first one was, hi, Dan, uh, just here waiting on your food. They said maybe another 10 more minutes. After this, I have to head back to Concord. Do you think you can help me with three extra dollars on a tip? I would really appreciate it if you can. The next one is, um, I tip $10. Is that not enough? Or is this begging for tips a new normal now? Um, and then there's, there's so many of here. And then another person said, add more tip question mark. I'm going to go ahead and cancel this order. If not, like is customers, I mean, drivers are a little, in my opinion, a little out of control with some, with some of these, like I would never yeah, have like... the audacity to honestly ask through, through a text message, no less yeah. for an extra tip for waiting. Like that's, like that's why it's like unassign the order if you're waiting and you're that bad unassign the order and move on like i just don't i don't get it i guess it's my point so this makes me wonder if these are people with higher acceptance rates you're welcome to decline those orders no yeah, why yeah would i you feel do like that, they are though? too for higher an acceptance like rate well, they're accepting an order that was wasn't really worth their time, but they they think about the acceptance rate, and then they feel like, man, this really wasn't worth it at all. Can I get something extra for all this? So, that to me is just unassigned. Unassigned. Kim, is there you're that is there ever a time that you? I just want to play devil's advocate for a moment here, okay? All right, go for it. Let, let's let's assume that you got into a traffic jam, right? Let's let's say just for the sake of argument that your uh, completion rate was exactly at 80%. All right, you're driving to the store, you get stuck in a wreck. So you're like 20 minutes late to the store. Uh, the restaurant when you get there doesn't have the order. So they're like, okay, we're going to remake it, but it's going to be another 20 minutes. And then the customer changes the address on the way there. So you've got to turn around and drive five extra miles in the wrong direction. Are you asking for another tip And at that no. point? No. First of all, if they change the address, I'm going to call DoorDash because DoorDash actually pays you to go to in a different address if it's more than, I forget, however many miles. So I'm going to get more money out of DoorDash. It's not the customer's fault that, I mean, the address part's the customer's fault, but the traffic jam, hmm. the re the restaurant, that's not the customer's fault, nor is it my fault. But as like, think about it from a customer's perspective, would you pay someone extra for the restaurant to be delayed? No, it's it's not like that's not how it works. And that, I don't think that's how the customer thinks. Mm. I wouldn't pay somebody extra for the restaurant being delayed, but I'd pay somebody extra for dealing with the bullshit that I didn't want to deal with. I think you and I uh, would do that just because of the service industry we're in. I don't think the normal customer would. I think the normal customer would say, this is what I'm tipping in the app. This is the service I'm getting. This is what they're getting. Like, I don't think what, they think outside the box. I just think this is what they tipped. What about you, UDM? In, in that specific scenario, are you asking the customer to drop you a few extra? No. I mean, I'm not the type to ask for extra. I'm the type to um commit to what i accepted and um if mm -hmm. if i accepted it and it was worth it for me then i allow my customer service to do to do the rest um especially if it's a situation where um i mean I, I, that, 
to put a scenario out there, I waited two hours at a at a at a Little Caesars, um, for two separate orders, and I ended up with ninety something dollars because the customer felt bad, and I didn't ask for anything. They gave me one gave me an extra twenty something dollars, and another one gave me an extra fifty dollars for going above and beyond. Wow. Okay. So I, I just let my I mean, that's not a situation that happens all the time. But but I and I, I don't sit around and wait all the time for orders. But in that instance, I was willing to be patient, you know, so I'm not asking for anything extra. If I'm committed to it, then I'm just committed. I will try to get more out of the company, like him said. <laughs> like, hey, listen, I've yeah. been here for two hours, man. What's <laughs> going on? Give me an extra 10, an extra 20 something, you know, um, yeah. but. Um, as far as the customers go, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't really blame them for my decision of waiting or, or being stuck in a situation at that time. Do you ever right, cancel UDM? I do cancel, um, but I'm the type that's I have a loyalty issue. <laughs> and what I mean is once I accept it, I I'm loyal to it. <laughs> you know, but it, it's it's one of those types of orders like it it's if it's within my range of time, then I stick it out. But if it's not like, say, five minutes, people usually say a dollar a minute or something like that. But that's not how I roll. I look at how long I'm going to be out here and what my goal is before I have to go home. If my if I'm supposed to be out here for two hours and this five dollars from pick up to drop off is taking me 45 minutes and, and I wanted to make an extra 50, 60 bucks. This is to dipping into my money. I would drop that like a hot potato. So where do you guys think the, this new trend is coming from asking all these customers for more money? It seems to be right views. right now. Views, virality, views yeah. and virality. That's, that's everything now. You know, everyone wants to go viral. Everyone wants to uh, have the next video of them confronting the customer or, you know, all these people get yeah. this amount of success. They're 15 minutes of fame. You know, it's all part of it to be, to, to be honest with you from my perspective. All right. Now, how would you two handle it if a driver were to text you? Say you tip that driver 10 bucks and, and they were waiting at the restaurant for 15 minutes and they're only driving two miles. They texted you, hey, drop me an extra five bucks, question mark. What are you guys saying to that driver? I ignore it. <laughs> Wait for my order to get delivered. Yeah. Um, what am I saying to the driver? Um, yeah. it, it all depends. It all depends because if, let's say if it's a $200 order, I said 10 bucks. You said 10 bucks, so it not, let's not even say a $200. Let's say if it's just like two plates of food and... The driver, I guess, get caught up or whatever, and I drop them ten bucks on that order. Um, yeah. So let's say, and I only live like two, three miles away. I, I wouldn't give them anything extra. They could easily yeah. pass it, pass it off to somebody else. Yeah. I'm not giving them anything extra. And if they, if yeah. if they have my food and they don't deliver it to me, I won't feel bad. I will just say, hey. Give me my credits, DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and I'll just go get it myself. <laughs> it's yeah. simple. 
I guess my right. thought process with all of this is when an order comes through your phone, you accept the order based on what's sitting in front of you. If you didn't like the order, you should have never accepted it to begin with. Like, I just think it's completely wrong to go ahead and even ask for more money. And I wish I had a screenshot and I was telling about this yesterday. There was a picture of a some a delivery driver's car that they you know like that window paint you can paint your windows on your car. They did the DoorDash symbol and then they said cash app mm -hmm. and then their cash app oh what is the code <laughs> login like on their back window yeah. so everybody could see that they're a DoorDash driver and what their cash app login was or whatever it's called username it. Man, that's when you scan that thing and you make a pay request. <laughs> send me money give me the money so i think that this is kind of a symptom of a bigger problem so mm. I, I have had you know in my what year and a few months on youtube i have had probably a hundred people tell me that they didn't know when they started that they did not have to accept every order right and i think we can all agree that the people who watch YouTube for gig related content are only a tiny little fraction of gig workers. And mm -hmm. most drivers don't take the time to educate themselves and they might fall victim to some of these more predatory tactics to get orders accepted and delivered. So is it possible that these drivers who are doing this are accepting these lowball offers? You know, I mean, because the customer can claim, oh, I tip 10 bucks all day long, right? But like, unless we're looking at the receipt, we can't, we can't validate what they're saying. They, they might have tipped 50 cents. So right. do you guys think that's potentially a symptom of a bigger problem? Because I've never felt the need to ask a customer for extra, because if it's, <laughs> if it's not good enough for me to accept, I'm not accepting it. And then if there's something that's like going to way prolong it and the money's no longer worth it, I know how to use that unassigned button. I, I mean, think the, I, yeah, I understand I'm, what you're saying. I think yeah. in the beginning, I think drivers might not understand that they can, you know, unassign and, you know, not accept their order because I was that DoorDash driver in like the first month or two that I did DoorDash. Like you're almost afraid to drop below a certain point or you're afraid to like, what is all these ratings? You really don't even know what's really going on until you really start to work the app so i think in the beginning maybe but does it lead it to this i i will be honest i think it's a little far-fetched and a little stretched because i think there's also a moral compass <laughs> involved in this um that i think a lot of people just wouldn't do it period yeah okay um i don't know so what should happen to these drivers? Should should they just get a stern email? Should they be deactivated? What? You mean the drivers that are sending these text messages for extra? Correct. Um. Well, I wouldn't say that anybody should be deactivated unless they're just doing some some crazy stuff. Like if if uh, if a person, all right. So let's put the let's put it this way: if someone asks you for an extra five bucks, um, and you decide to give it, should they be deactivated for asking for the extra five? 
Or should they be deactivated for giving you a, a whole hard time and arguing with you because you didn't get the five? To me, it's like it's all, Probably all the water. about Give, giving it. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it's like I'm I'm just more like, you know, everyone wants something extra. Like I would is if if I accept an order for eighteen dollars going ten miles and I see I'm pulling up to a big mansion and it's like two hundred dollars worth of food, of course I might want something extra. It's two hundred dollars worth of food. All I get is eighteen bucks. But some drivers are bold enough to say, man, this is $200 worth of food. I need at least 10%, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I'm not that guy. I would be like, oh, okay, you live nice. All right. Okay, maybe you couldn't afford it today, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but whatever, you know, I just, I roll with the punches. All right. All right, fair enough. I think, I think so some drivers need to learn the lesson of rolling with the punches. Um, I think I think all of us almost do. Like, how many times... Do you, even I get frustrated even on a good day. Say you take a huge order and you're expecting X and you get Y and you're like, really? That's it? I feel like there's always some level of disappointment in what we do to an extent. And I think it comes with like sometimes we put expectations on ourselves as delivery drivers, but sometimes we put expectations on the customers too. Well, if if we're talking about deactivation, um, Zach, um, the drivers I feel yeah. that absolutely need to be deactivated are the ones that are stealing the food. <laughs> Is that those? Oh yeah, those absolutely need to be deactivated. But in in a sense where I just feel like the energy you put out is the energy you, it, it comes in full circle, and I would never want someone like who knows a person might be going through it. I'm not here to judge. And if they feel like they absolutely have to beg and who knows what their situation is, I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to ask anybody for anything extra except that one time. But that was a different situation in, entirely. So I'm not going to ever say that someone needs to be deactivated for their for asking something extra. But their actions, if they... Buzz the windows out somebody's car because they wanted an extra ten dollars, <laughs> or like the like the infamous lady I think it was in Jersey that no Long Island that the eight dollars was too much that wasn't enough and then she said I'm gonna take your food back. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> oh, yeah. what the hell? How did you get New Jersey confused with Long Island? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm from down south. <laughs> I, I th at the end of the day, I think that this is a simple solution. Just remind drivers periodically, your acceptance rate doesn't matter. You can accept any order that you choose to. If you accept it, complete at least 80% of them, you know, platform dependent. And this is how you unassign an order. I think that that would cut out so much of the BS and we would stop seeing garbage like this because drivers would no longer think that they have to take the trash. So just my two cents. Just my two cents. I've, I've seen so. a lot over the last six years, and um, they come up with new ways of enticing drivers, like DoorDash with this uh, diamond program. Okay. And, you mm -hmm. know, first it was Top Dasher. Um, and Kim's mm -hmm. been around for a while before the diamond program, um, where now Kim is a Top Dasher. 
and there's nothing wrong with her shifting her way of thinking, right? Um, from back then, but was it really worth it back then as it is now for Kim in her market? You know, like back then it was just Top Dasher. What is Top Dasher? Oh, mm-hmm. get priority on scheduling or dash whenever you want to, wherever you want to. But did you really have access to better offers, not higher paying? People get that confused, right? But better offers, did you have access to that as much back when you were just a top dasher or just a cherry picker? Or are you gaining more access to that now? And then since they've released so many other things, people are taking full advantage of all these new programs that DoorDash is releasing, Uber's releasing. So I think that has something to do with it as well. You know, not just people accepting just every offer, but they're going to find a new way because that's all they've been doing year after year after year, coming up with something new to entice drivers to take it. And then drivers take it. Then other drivers try to convince drivers, hey, look, this is what's going on. And this is the type of account that I have. And it goes from there. It's it's all it's so a, like a revolving cycle. Always, every right. year, yeah, <laughs> every year. So, Kim, why don't we jump a couple slides here to the the actual post about the not the poll, but the one following the poll, and let's okay. have a discussion about this. So, I decided to title this "Mayhem at the Marriott." Uh, Kim, why don't you go ahead and read this off for us, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Yep, it says tonight, and this is from a driver, by the way, who posted it. I think it's, I I can't remember if it was Facebook or Reddit, but they said, tonight I had a Philadelphia airport hotel delivery. The total was $21.06 for seven miles. Delivery instructions said meet at. When I arrive to the hotel, this man, the customer, tells me to come to room 208 and his door will be open to leave his food on the TV stand. I said, sir, that's an unusual request due to my safety, unable to go into anyone's hotel rooms. I have spoken with the front desk and I was advised to leave your order at the front desk. This man literally pulled my tip and gave me a thumbs down and my ratings went down. Um, it's effing disgusting. Like, who tells someone to go inside their room? Question mark. This isn't room service. And then, you know, GD weirdo. Um, um, I will be calling Uber Eats and speaking with the manager. And it's all good. And getting my tip back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So props to her for knowing how to get her money back, uh, first and foremost. So let's go ahead and put up that poll here. Would you guys in the chat or the replay have, would you ever go into a hotel room or into a customer's home to deliver the order? Uh, A, yes, B, no. So, Kim, uh, would you ever do that? No, not in a million years. Okay. UDM? They have to be, like, physically unable for me to be able to even think about it. It's not even about the action okay. at that at that moment. Is that so? I've gone to doors, and as I arrive, 
the door swings open and someone is unable to get down and get the food or they're in a wheelchair and they are paralyzed. In those instances where someone like they I could see that they need my help. I help people. I'm not just going to just walk away in those instances. But if someone leaves me a note like that and say, hey, my door is going to be open. Just come on in and leave it on the kitchen table. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go in. Walk through the front door. <laughs> turn Whatever. Left, three, three doors to the left. Go down the stairs. And uh, there's probably not going to be anybody waiting down there to kill you. First of all, thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer thank I you. greatly appreciate it. That's awesome of you. Thank you so much. So, uh, yeah, I have gone into somebody's house before. Um, <laughs> seems like most of the chat is saying no. Uh, we've had a couple of yeses. Um, I got a, I got a quick story. So, I it was a handed to me order. I knock on the door, and the person's like, "Come in." I'm like, um. I don't know if I'm comfortable with this, but uh, the rest of the story is it was a nursing home and she was like, come in. So, you know, I knew I was in no danger. Uh -oh. So uh, uh -oh. I, I delivered you, you never know what those nursing times. homes. <laughs> man, <laughs> this is <laughs> those man, those little old ladies will get hyphy. So, you know what, you know what the biggest danger in my opinion is though, with a nursing home is getting accosted by the people as you're walking in. Like they're all lonely. They haven't seen their family in months. Like they just want to talk to somebody. Yeah. So it's like it's like you gotta like get through the side quests to get to like the boss fight, you know, to get that order delivered when you're walking through a nursing home. So um I mean, you know, depending on the circumstances, I again if it's like if I can clearly see that somebody's in a wheelchair and like you know, I like my odds of not getting attacked by that person, I'd probably do it. But Kim, why why wouldn't you personally? Well, before I say why I wouldn't, but Tony, I watch too many criminal criminal minds. So I tend to agree with you, Tony. <laughs> so for me, it's a simple safety reason. I think I've gone into a house once, and it was a lady. And this is when I, you know, I I do spark every once in a while. Um, mm -hmm. but it was a spark customer, and she was in a wheelchair. And she couldn't get her groceries, and I agreed to get them into her foyer. So that way she didn't have to go very far with her groceries. So I think that's so, the one and only time I have gone into any house situation. As far as a hotel room. Like, sorry. I was just going to ask, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I feel like I'm okay. I, and if it's a leave at door, um, I'm okay with just going to the hotel room, you know, dropping, taking a picture and leaving. It's the hand it to me that bother me because I am literally five foot nothing, um, 115, 120 pounds, depending on the day. And it would not take much for someone just to yank me into a room or God only knows there's so many things happening with delivery drivers these days. No, I, I usually tell them, hey, I'll meet you in the lobby if it's a hand-it-to-me customer. Usually they're pretty okay with that. If Freddy Krueger answers the door, no. Angelina Jolie, a definite maybe. All right, that's a movie. That. <laughs> so I delivered, I delivered to a condemned crack motel once. So oh. a, to a squatter in a condemned crack motel. 
and uh, this happened in the middle of the day. So I was like super sketched out about it, even in the middle of the day as a six foot something guy. And uh, so Kim, I understand what you're saying, but again, I got to play devil's advocate. There are cameras everywhere in hotels. Would that change it for you? No. Do you know how quickly someone can yank me into a hotel room before someone can even get to me? Okay. All right. Fair. Just a question. All right. All right. You I win mean, this round. I, 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 <laughs> I'm not more on the safety thing. I'm more on the liability thing. Like you're not going to okay. say my word versus yours. Right. Um, I'm, I'm six one. I'm a big guy. I'm like 200 and well, I lost a lot of weight, but 225 pounds. Right. Mm. I'm six one, 225. I got tattoos everywhere. And mm -hmm. the thing is, a lot of people, it doesn't even matter. It's not a race thing, right? I've met people of my ethnic background, uh, mm -hmm. people of other ethnicities, and my demeanor intimidates people for some reason, right? I mm -hmm. don't know why. Um, some people, they just, oh, no. You know, they just immediately, like, give me the cold shoulder. Like, no, I don't want to mess with that guy. Um, one lady asked me, like, why am I looking so mean? And I'm like, I'm mean. I'm like one of the nicest guys around here. <laughs> right? But she said the look I had on my face, it was like, don't mess with me. You know? And huh. um, it's not intentionally done. <laughs> so it's more of a liability thing for me. I okay. already get this sense of intimidated uh type of feeling from other people outside of the delivery space so i don't want to put myself in a situation where now their word versus mine and then i'm being questioned well why were you in there anyway you know and i'm like nah that's that's yeah, more okay, of that's, mine that's fair too With my luck i'd be the guy who gets accused of making a pass to somebody's granny so mm. that's yeah all right that's fair um I, you know, I, I think it's situational for me. Like you both have some very valid points, but I, I, I think it's situational, you know, like the nursing home lady, like every time I'm going to, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to see her, I'm going to open her KFC bag and I'm going to put it in her lap and give her her little fork, you know, her, her little spork or whatever they give. And I'm going to feed uh, it to her too. I'm not going to feed it to her, but I'm going <laughs> to give it to her. And, you know, like, here you go, miss, you know, name. Right? And like I look forward to those deliveries, right? Like I look forward to the come in, you know, when I go knocking on her door. So, you know, I, I, I think that there's a time and a place for everything, but I get what you two are saying. If I were uh, five, five, right, uh, you know, smaller lady, I'd probably have a different perspective. I I always say, anyway. I might, I was going to say, um, I always say I'm we've small. Got and I'm mighty. A couple more here. Uh, we're going to. Uh-oh. Did we oh, mess up? What there? happened? There's a little choppiness going on. There was, but then it, it kind of got fixed. Okay. I was just going to say so, one last thing. I might be small. I am mighty, but I'm not that mighty that I can get overtaken really quickly by somebody. So to me, it's always safety first. So as a woman, it's always right. safety first and keeping safe while you're out there. So we are running really low on time. Uh, <laughs> let's jump ahead to the one with the yellow background there, Kim. Okie dokie. 
So is gig work sustainable full-time? Why don't we read off this last, um, uh, that, that message uh, that we have that goes with this slide here, Kim. Um, actually, real quick before we do that, uh, Christopher, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, Christopher. Much appreciated. Uh, isn't it against terms of service to go into somebody's place anyway? Probably yes. I remember seeing reminders from DoorDash at some point uh, advising against it. But as far as it being like explicitly against the terms of service, that I don't know. All right, Kim, do you want to go ahead and... Yep. It says, I. this was a post from a Facebook group, um, DoorDash drivers only. And this person says, I've actually been considering DoorDashing as a full-time job. For those that do this, what do we need to know for preparation of taxes end of the year? I've only had 32 deliveries, made made right over $200, averaging about six per delivery. But since I have my son with me, I cannot take every delivery that comes my way. I'd be putting him in daycare to work this full time. But is it going to be worth it? And also with taxes. So, so I was going to say, my when, I, when we were discussing this, you know, I am... A full-time gigger. I know UDM. You've been a full-time. You still are a full-time gig worker, right? Or are you part-time now? I I'm still full-time. So you're full-time, Zach. You're full-time. Yes. Um. So it kind of resonated with me because I think I feel like for me when I was contemplating going from part-time gig work to full-time gig work, like it was a really big. Decision. And I feel like it it's a bigger decision than I think a lot of people think about before they just like dive right in and doing it. Okay. So I think that this is one of those things that's probably market dependent. Can we put that last slide back up there real quick, Kim? I want to point yeah. out a couple things in there. So she said that she has made uh, just over 200 bucks, uh, averaging $6 a delivery. So it sounds like her market is pretty similar to mine as far as DoorDash goes. Pretty Pretty average with what I see here. Uh, she's done 32 deliveries. She's already considering going full time. That right there is a problem. So I am of the opinion that if you're considering doing full-time gig work, you should do it at least for an entire year part-time. So you know what to expect during every season. So during yeah. winter in most markets, it's going to be much busier than it's going to be in the summer. So, I mean, I don't know about UDM. Does your market pick up or slow down in the summer? Well, it depends. Okay. What app? What app? DoorDash? Okay. DoorDash. Let's go DoorDash. DoorDash uh, do yes. Work. Yes. It, um, it definitely slows down. Okay. All right. Yep. So, but Kim's is the opposite and it picks up. Yeah. So, do you think just, do you guys think it's sustainable full time? Essentially, just at the end of the day. I do because I've been doing it full time now for three years. So I do. Um, I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit, though, on the year. Yeah, I think it's important that people know that it fluctuates depending on the time of the year. And it's not always going to be $200 every single day. You're going to have days you're going to do $100. You're going to have a day that so you're going to do $300. Like, it's not the same. So you can't really plan it out that I'm going to hit $200 every day. And that's what my goal is going to be. I think people's circumstances are different. I think that some people are forced to get to do full-time gig work if they've lost their W2 job or something else 
that's a circumstance in their life has like pushed them so, to do this. So I think I think we might be misunderstanding each other here. I'm saying do it for a full year so you know what to expect in your individual market from season to season. So you know if it's going to be like if you go from making 800 bucks a week, right, in in November and December and stuff, right? But then June, July, August rolls around and you're now making 250 bucks a week. Right? It might be sustainable for part of the year, but not the rest of the year. Agreed. I just don't think people sometimes have those fortunate circumstances that they can go through an entire year before they go full time. I think sometimes, like I said, sometimes people dive into it or are kind of like, here's your, here's your choice. You're going to be a gig worker full time because they lost their job or they're thinking about doing a career change. I don't think right. sometimes that's feasible. So, I mean, like, like, that's fine and well, like you're talking about scenarios where the rug is pulled out from under them, right? Like yeah. I read that article and to me, what I heard was I want to quit my job. So that's because it's so great. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's when I, I, I resonate with that person's comment or that, that post because that's how I was. But at the time, I didn't have a rug pull from under under me, but I had to make a decision where I needed to free up my time and make more money because I had my my son that was just born and his insurance was seven hundred dollars a month while Ooh. I was making seven hundred dollars every two weeks. Ooh. So fourteen hundred dollars. And then next, thing you know, I made four hundred dollars in 24 hours. I was like, oh, I'm going full time. <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> If four hundred dollars in twenty four hours to me was like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be so much better than what I'm currently in. And at the time, I wasn't thinking about seasons; mm -hmm. I was just thinking about how am I gonna take care of my son. That's fair, and that was it. So, so I, I mean, what you're kind of saying is a little bit of a mix of what Kim and I are saying, though. I guess, yeah, yeah. So, I guess my thing is, if I could give anybody any advice that's thinking about doing this full time really understand how much your expenses are, mm. your bills, your living expenses. Are you going to buy lunch every day? Are you going to buy dinner every day? Like really figure out on a pen and paper how much everything costs down to gas every day. Like literally figure out and whether what you're going to make is going to sustain you and is going to make you better or worse than your current situation and make a decision based off of that not based off of 32 deliveries and i made 200 dollars. like i feel like a lot of times especially someone brand new to this like there's a honeymoon phase with every single app that's out there so sure. if you're in that honeymoon sure. stage it's not really realistic either well yeah, um can i just can i just can i just say something really quick um since i know we're wrapping up um, anyone that decides that they want to go into this full time, you got to know with the six years of experience that I have, you got to know that you are going to run into roadblocks. You're going to run into barricades. You're going to go through days that you don't feel like working. Um, you're going to go through through times where it's like you're out here all day and you are just trying to hit a hundred dollars, but it's difficult to make a hundred dollars. But through all of that, you're going to learn and hopefully you take notes of the experiences you had so you know how to avoid or how to modify those things. It's not just going to be Steve. In the words of Steve Harvey, you want to soar, you got to jump. Right. 
Yeah. The jumping part is the risk. But if you want to make it in, in this gig space, you're going to have to come in with a mindset that, hey, it's going to be good some days. It's going to be bad some days. What am I going to do if it's bad? And if you're just going to say, ah, I give up and go back to W2, well, you should have never came in. <laughs> you should have just stuck with what you had. So, it's, so it, it doesn't matter if it's business because this is technically like business as well, right? You run it, even if orders are being sent to your phone, you still got to run it like it's a business. So you got to come in with this going to be good days and bad days. And what you do on your bad days and how you handle those bad days will determine what, what how your future is going to be full time. So I think the market is very fluid. The, there's always something that's changing. And I think that it's fair to say what works today may not necessarily work six months from now. And so again, I, I, I really do firm, like hold strongly to, it takes a good year to get a baseline for your market. And I think that if you do it part-time for a year, of course, when you're able, like, you know, if, if the rug is pulled out from under you, you got to do what you got to do. But if you have the option, I think the best course of action is to always give it one full year so you know what to expect. You know, you know, people talk about the summer slowdown. What about the January slowdown? That's a thing too. So what about COVID? You know, yeah, well, yeah COVID yeah. That was like great for yeah. us, you know? Yeah. So, and that's when I started, man. I'm like, dude, I'm making money hand over fist, you know? And, and yeah. I was like, I could do this forever. And, uh, you, you know, a year later, it's like, I could be out just as long and make half as much. So, just real quick. Thank you, Thomas. Much thank you so much, Thomas. All right, guys. Um, we've got some funnies before we wrap up here. You want to pull up that first one there, Kim? Yep, I'm coming. <laughs> so this is a, a screenshot of a DoorDash conversation. Uh, the driver says, um, I hope you enjoy your, uh, your meal and have a great night. The customer says, thank you. Driver responds with my pleasure. And the customer comes back with, I'm not a fat ass, by the way, just up late working. So I got a kick out of that. Curious what she ordered, but I uh, guess we'll never know. Maybe it's like $200 worth of something just for herself. <laughs> I, I, who knows? But you know, I mean, we all get the munchies from time to time. No judgment. So. I always feel like as delivery drivers, there's never a judgment, a judgment-free zone. Well, actually, we secretly yeah. judge. Who are you kidding? Um, yeah, no, I judge. I just do it quietly. So uh, <laughs> this one, this post says, I guess this is what happens when you tish, uh, tip your dasher enough. Uh, so the driver, Victoria, just said, I came. There we go. <laughs> there is the reaction we're looking for. So uh, we appreciate the validation, uh, Victoria. We really do. Oh my so, gosh! I did I'm not sorry. expect. I did not expect him to read that one off. <laughs> Thank you, because I'm like I'm not reading this one. This one's all you, my friend. <laughs> Man, you can leave all the dirty, naughty shit to me. I will say it all. <laughs> Oh okay. I think we got one, one or two more. Okay. Uh, so this is a screenshot from a DoorDash McDonald's order. Uh, it says, uh, Door or, excuse me, McDonald's is preparing your order. Uh, your Dasher is heading to the store. Your Dasher, 
Ronald. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get this one at first and I'm like I don't get it. And Ronald then I'm like, McDonald. "Oh, Ronald McDonald, I get it now." <laughs> so <laughs> Uh yeah. You know, the mellow ones. Oh, oh there was one more? Yeah. Okay. Uh this one this one was just something that resonated super hard with me. Uh so this is a Reddit post and it says, "Oh, it's almost ready. They're just bagging it up for you right now." Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> We've all been there. Okay. <laughs> We've all been there. That, that one kind of meow. The, the I, kinda, I, I don't I don't want to think it's what I think it is, but it's kind of like, is it? I don't so know what it is. When they say they're bagging it up, but you ended up waiting like another 20 minutes. And I, 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 <laughs> you got a different you got a different uh, interpretation of that. No, no, it's not that it's different. It's just more of like, well, I think it's what I think it is. And another 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. But I don't want to just be wrong, you know? Yeah. But I think I know <laughs> what it is. So, UDM, how can people find you? Well, um, I am on YouTube. Uh, my channel is UDM Delivers. I am on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all social platforms. I'm on TikTok as well, but I don't do TikTok as much because of all this shakiness trying to figure out if they're going to be banned or not. I don't want to grow something over there and the next thing you know, you know. Yeah. So um, I am on YouTube. My channel is UDM Delivers. I'm on Instagram, same handle, UDM Delivers. Um, on Facebook, apparently UDM Delivers was taken, so I had to add two to the end of that. <laughs> UDM Delivers 2. Um, and... My email is udm at lifeofudm.com <laughs> if you want to get in contact with me. So UDM makes fantastic comment. He has been in the game for a long time. He is a wealth of knowledge and is definitely worth going and checking out. So, uh, he, and not to mention your editing is really good too. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's something I was noticing a couple months ago, actually. I was watching one of your videos. I was like, wow, that's actually, that's really well put together. So... Uh, UDM, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, guys, we will be in the same place at the same time next Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much for joining us tonight.